Hey everyone, it's Kevin O'Connor. AKA Kevin O'Bomber. AKA Kevin O'Concert. Kevin! Wait a minute, you're not Chris Vernon. No, Kevin. Sadly, I'm not as cherubic or as raspy as Verno, but it is I, J. Kyle Mann. And folks, basketball has been and continues to be so very good. That's exactly why Kyle and I are hosting a brand new basketball show on a brand new podcast feed, The Ringer's NBA Draft Show. We're going to have you covered every week as we go in-depth and deep dive in hopes of answering an ever-important question in the NBA. Who's got next? Whether it's an international phenom like Victor Wimbanyama, or the G League Scoot Henderson, or stars from Overtime Elite like Amen Thompson, as well as a full-blown swarm of talented prospects from the promising 2023 NBA draft class. For sure, Kyle. And we're also going to get into players from the college ranks because this is a loaded class for us to discuss prospects rising and falling. And we're going to revisit and redraft recent draft classes and get into how the league's evolution could help inform what's valuable in a prospect of the future. This is a podcast for a fan of every team, whether you're losing and have high draft lottery odds or you're looking for sleepers later in the draft. We're going to be covering everything in the months to come, so please make sure you follow and subscribe to the Ringer NBA Draft Show. And hit us with those five-star ratings. It's the Mismatch, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by USAA Homeowners Insurance. USAA has homeowners insurance that could lead the league in assists. Serving our military, veterans, and their eligible family members, USAA delivers award-winning service and peace of mind. And if you file a claim, the process is transparent and easy, and you can do it all right in the USAA app. Tap the banner or visit usaa.com slash homeowners to learn more and get a quote. Restrictions apply. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Tuesday from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Killian, Kevin O'Blazarian, Kevin How are you doing this morning? I'm good. We've had some interesting things go on over the course of the last few days since we last spoke. Um, let's start with a couple things that happened last evening. I was at a game between the Grizzlies and the Heat, which I'll get to in a little bit with my thoughts on that. But, you know, as I as I get done with the game and I come back home and I'm reading through all the headlines and trying to watch stuff back and getting up this morning, doing the same, I keep seeing these headlines about Kawhi Leonard being back. Kawhi back, Kawhi back, Kawhi Leonard hits big go-ahead shot, all this <laughs> stuff. And then I went and look, looked up the highlights and I was like, is this where we are? I mean, the first one is like a layup underneath the basket. The second one is, I mean, it's a nifty step back. The call of it is actually pretty good. The announcer goes, hot damn. <laughs> I've never heard hot damn before. <laughs> the guy made the, he quite made the shot. He goes, hot damn. The Clippers <laughs> are up. <laughs> the Clippers are up by two or puts them back up in front or whatever like that. Um, look. I think we're all very hopeful that Kawhi Leonard can reclaim uh, his perch as one of the best players in the league. But I got to say, Kev, little underwhelmed with the Kawhi is back and then what I found when I researched said topic. I mean, he looked okay. He probably looks better than he has the whole season throughout the duration of the game. Seven for 15 from the floor, scoring underneath the basket. 
some athletic layups, had the pump fake, creating space for his jumper, had some cool assists. He looked better. He doesn't look like the full-on Kawhi Leonard, though. I think, to your point, Chris, that that's where my hesitations are right now with the Clippers, right? Yeah, well, that's I mean, right. We, the, the, to assume the Clippers can be an NBA Finals contender is to assume that Kawhi Leonard regains old form. I mean, the, the last version of him that we saw prior to his recent return was a guy who was absolutely dominating in the NBA playoffs. Back in 2021 against Utah, he had 31 points and 34 points in his last two games, leading the Clippers to wins over the Jazz. He was absolutely unbelievable. He dominated the Mavs on the road in a huge game six of 45 points. That's the last version of Kawhi Leonard that we saw before he got hurt. This guy right now, I don't know how much of it is since he's working himself back into shape. How much has he lost athletically? Because the, the burst doesn't seem to be there in the same way, creating off the bounce. We got to see it at some point. He's but, back. But, he, but hey. it, was, it was nice to see last night, though. He hit a game-winning jumper. It's really awesome. It's an encouraging sign. Last night felt like a step forward to me, but it's still not where he needs to be to consider the Clippers real contenders. He'll probably sit out the next four games. I mean, that's the problem, man. I know. How much of this is load management versus... Like an actual, real, real, real issue. I don't know. We don't know. I don't know if the Clippers even know. I'm serious. <laughs> the conversations of people around the league, I'm not, I'm not so sure that they even know. Do you think that you think he just walked in and they're like, hey, you think you can play tonight? Nah. <laughs> All right. All right. Moving on. <laughs> I mean, Kawhi is a mystery to everybody. I think that's fair. Everybody. There's a reason why like, there hasn't been anything definitive reported by like a Shams or the Athletic or Woj or whoever. There's, there's a reason why. Yeah, there, nothing with his has followed your typical reporting of injury. It, it is typically injury, assessment of injury, rehabilitation plan, come back. And he has never, from the time he was at San Antonio, he's never had that timeline. He's never followed the same timeline that we expect for every player. It's always been shrouded in mystery and to the point where we don't even really know what the injury is half the time over the course of the last several years. But look, if back meant he was back on the court and he hit a significant shot, then I will give it that. I just got to say, little underwhelmed with the Kawhi's back because I was expecting, oh, wow. And I was like, oh, he made a layup and a step-back jumper. That's cool. I mean, hopefully he is able to get back. I just felt like watching him, but you're talking about being underwhelmed by the moves. Like, it just seemed like a lot of the moves. He, he did some of the stuff that he always does. Like, he he had the, the play late in the game where he switched against Plumlee. He has a pump fake, draws him in the air, creates an open three-point shot opportunity for Morris. It's like he's doing a lot of the stuff that he's done. Just, it's happening a bit slower. All I'm saying is, look, let me explain. The first headline I saw was Kawhi Leonard hits huge go-ahead shot or tying game-tying shot. Yeah, and then it, I, I put up the, the highlight. the Hornets, too. Well, I put up the highlight. He's hitting a layup. Like, he's literally standing under the basket and he lays the ball up. My child could make that shot. Well, that, I mean, yeah. Oh, okay. Big shot. I mean, that, that wasn't the game winner, though. The I know. Won, I know the, the step back. The game winner was a step back, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Church league. Look, what I it was... It was a nice shot. It was fine. a nice shot. It was hot, hot damn. Hot damn. <laughs> the guy said, hot damn. Hot damn. I was impressed, big time impressed, with the Andrew Nemhard highlights. Oh, my goodness, dude. Holy moly. Now, we shouted him out a week ago. He hit that game winner against the Lakers off the Halliburton Pass. And we talked about Nemhard, and I pulled up your old draft guide, and we talked about the Brogdon comp. And this kid last night, while a couple guys are sitting out for the Pacers, is this one-man tsunami against the Golden State Warriors. 31 points on 13 of 21, 5 of 7 from 3, 13 assists, 
eight rebounds, hits five threes, <laughs> and shoots over 60% from the field. And I was amazed to find out that a game like that, over 30 points, over 12 assists, over eight rebounds, while hitting five threes and shooting over 60%, it's only happened one time ever. In, and it's LeBron James, his last year with the Cavs in 2018. That's the only time somebody's done that before. And I know there are, you know. Is that, that, that's true. I yes, didn't see that. Yes. I didn't see that stat poll on, on Twitter. Yes. That's true. Yes. 31, 13, 8, five threes and shoot over 60%. LeBron James in 2018. I mean, obviously, like we're cherry picking with stats like I that. I know, but, I know, but but, but it's but it's still. Uh, I mean, I know it's, it's like cherry picking isn't necessarily a, a bad thing to do to describe how great of a game a player has. That's what I. That's what I think. Yeah. I think it explains that th- there is a rarity to that, and it's not like we're saying Andy shot uh, over forty three percent from three, and he had one steal. Like you know what I mean? Like these are pretty basic stats, having over sure. 30 points, over 12 assists, over eight rebounds while shooting a high percentage. And Andrew Demhart, unbelievable. This guy's making a case for all-rookie, which would be spectacular for a second-round pick. And the Pacers look like they've got a real one. The uh, Warriors were effusive in praise after the game, as was their coach, Steve Kerr. Now, we could talk about how disappointing it is to, to lose to the Pacers without some guys, but... One more thing to add, one quick note with him, the defense, too. Like, that that's the thing, like we mentioned last time we talked about him with, like, some of the switches on LeBron, fronting him, disturbing him on the post and the size advantage LeBron has. Like, he did a good job on Steph last night, too. Like, that, that's the other side of it. Like, his defense has been really strong. Just, just had to throw that quick thought out there. Well, I'll tell you this. They're a long way towards who knows how it's all going to play out for the Pacers as 82 games plays out. I'll tell you this, in between Halliburton, Matherin, and this kid, they got some special stuff to build around. Mm-hmm. You're not that far away if you build out with some other, and they've got assets that you can get tremendous stuff for. You can either decide to stick with the Heels and the Turners of the world, or you can flip them for guys that, are maybe perfectly in line yeah. with the timeline of the guys you have because you've got these guys in their first couple of years in the league that are special talents. You know, that is, it's a rarity to be able to go and perform like that um, when given the opportunity, especially when you're not playing with as good a teammate as you typically do night in, night out. He was given the stage, given the ball, and those are the results, at least for one night. And I do think that it's, you know, part and parcel to other nights that we have seen from him. This was the most spectacular, but this guy was ready to come in the league and contribute immediately. And he was the the latest casualty of ageism in the NBA draft. I don't know how many times we talk about this. It seems like every year. And there's these guys that are really good that have gotten bypassed for younger guys where the hope or the promise of tomorrow is that they will be better when they turn age 22 or whatever it may be. But the truth is this guy was already good at 21 And now at 22, the answer is a lot of those guys that are drafted ahead of him with the promise that they're going to be better are not going to be better even when they're 22. I mean, development is never linear. Right. And that's that's where you kind of catch yourself sometimes, where you assume a player who's 22 is older and closer to their peak, which isn't always the case. I mean, like you've experienced this in Memphis with Desmond Bain, who falls to 30. I had him ranked like, I don't know, 19, 20. I forget exactly that year. Top 20. I'm happy with the rank. I should have had him higher. I would have had him higher if he wasn't 22. Right? So like, even I was affected by that, even though I loved the player and I said, oh yeah, he can get better. You still like let the age, the number holds you back, even though it always shouldn't. Like some, for some reason, some players just 
Not all of them are elite performers at 17 years old where they enter college at a high level and then they're top, you know, highly scouted NBA players. Sometimes a player takes for their game to click or their body to develop physically until they're an upperclassman in college. And Nemhard was, I mean, he's 22 years old, man. He'll be 23, you know, in January. So he's an older player, but that doesn't mean that he can't get much better and become a high-level NBA starter. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. It's just been a handful of spectacular games, but it's been also a lot of good games. He's been consistently good. How, how, how many times over the years have we talked about Rick Carlisle not playing young players? Yep. Like, he, he trusts. Well, he doesn't have a choice. He doesn't have a choice. I mean, he does. Not anymore. And not anymore, no, but 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 he does. Like he he could play TJ McConnell all those minutes, right? I mean McConnell <laughs> plays, but but I'm just saying, like McConnell, I'm, I'm just saying, like he could play McConnell even more than he already does. It's interesting the way it's playing out because you know he's saying? not like, yeah, but he's not in a win now situation. He's well, virtually a lot of they are winning though. Virtually every team that Rick Carlisle has coached has been a team that is ready to win right now, or he's trying to win every game every night. I mean, that may still be the case. Yeah, but I mean, come on. These guys are obviously pretty talented, too. For sure. I mean, yeah, the, I mean the fact they win last night, though, without Turner and without Halliburton, like that, that, it felt like the Warriors were one of the, the easiest bets of the night to win. Oh I, oh, I know, right? And then, then without Halliburton and Turner in there, you know, they got Andrew Nemhard going off. Crazy. Looking to get more out of this NBA season? Well, now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to touchdown scores to under yards. And with the NBA, it's got it all. You can bet on player props with player points, rebounds, assists. And there's exclusive bets like two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes for any player playing on the particular night that you're betting. And plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. FanDuel is also now live in Maryland, so make sure you get in on the action with great offers, boosts, and more. So don't miss the chance to get your snow sweat first bet up to $1,000 in free bets when you join FanDuel with promo code MISMATCH. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus in select states, first online real money wager only. Refund issued is non withdrawable free bet that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia. Call 1800 Gambler or visit fanduel.com forward slash RG. In Arizona, call 1 800 Next Step. In Connecticut, call 1 888 789 7777. In Indiana, call 1 800 9 with it. In Louisiana, call 1 877 770 Stop. In Maryland, visit mdgamblinghealth.org. In Tennessee, call Redline 1 800 889 9789. In Kansas, visit ksgamblinghealth.com. In Wyoming, call 1 800 522 4700. In West Virginia, visit 1800gambler.net. Couple other things to mention. Uh, last night, uh, the Hawks got uh, beat at home by the Oklahoma City Thunder, and it's not as much about that particular game as it is what is surrounding the Hawks since we last spoke, which is this Trey Young story about him and Nate McMillan getting into it, and then him not being at the game. And so, anyways, they put him out in front of the media yesterday where he was going to answer questions. And forgive me for not knowing the reporter's name. It's a, it's obviously a local reporter in Atlanta. He had a, a Channel 5 on his mic flag. But I don't know if you saw this, Kevin. I did. Relentless. Oh, yeah. Relentless. <laughs> like, that's, that's the... I love it when... Trey was, guy, like, shocked, right? Yeah. When a guy like that... You always like it when a guy like that walks in because... Let's be fair. Guys that are around the team all of the time, in cases like that, in many cases, and I love beat writers, but I mean, you do pussyfoot around the situation in many cases because you're going to be around that guy every single day. It's kind of like how in Toronto, nobody wants to talk about how terrible Fred Van Bleet's been. Right. And so, but this one is like a controversial topic. And this guy from Channel 5 was not going to let Trey Young off the hook. And I was 
amazed at the insane lack of preparation Trey Young had obviously done for this moment. Like this is a, this is a billion dollar industry, and I've been around this long enough to know you have a meeting with your whole PR team. And you've got somebody in charge of PR and they're instructing you like, here's the questions you're going to get. Here's how we want to deal with this. Here's what you say when they say this. Here's what, And he obviously had done literally no media training on this at all because he was like basically blaming the, the fact. It's, it's almost like when Draymond talked about the video getting out, like that was the bad part. It was the story getting out. And so that was, you know, it's very unfortunate that a private conversation is made public like this, but it's private and it's unfortunate that that's made public and it's hard for people to know on the outside the whole situation because this is a private thing that became public and basically it's not for you to know and I'm just sitting there. I mean, it's wildly uncomfortable for anybody that didn't see it. And at one point, the reporter was like, yeah, but Trey, like, it became public. Like, it is public. And what is very public is that you weren't there at the game supporting your teammates. Like, we could see the bench, and you weren't there (laughs) on the bench. And he was like, well, I was hurt, you know. And, and I wasn't playing in the game. And he's like, well, John Collins is in a boot on the bench supporting his teammate. I was like, oh, <laughs> That was no. really good. Oh, That was no. really good. Oh, no. That was Zach Klein, I believe, right? Who posted the video. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure if that was the reporter in, in the clip. I believe, I believe it was. That was Channel 2. Channel 2, Zach Oh, it Klein. was? Okay, I apologize. Channel, WSB, Channel 2, Atlanta. ABC TV. Zach he should have started the interview by saying, welcome to hell, Trey. I showed yeah. up to ask the questions here. <laughs> He's like, uh, John Collins did a boot on the bench. What's your problem? <laughs> He's like, it's private. If you want me, you know, if you, if you want to talk about this situation anymore, you're going to have to talk to somebody else. It's a private situation, whatever. It's like, oh God, like they should have, somebody with the hawk should have prepared this guy as to how to deal with this. It was interesting to read the the replies and on Twitter and the quote tweets. Like you have a lot of people saying, like, you know, this reporter, you know, went too far. This was like, <laughs> I, I, I would have punched that reporter. You, great you also, theater. You, you also see see people saying stuff like, "Oh, it's great to see like a player actually questioned for you know people are paying all this money to go to games." It's just it's just very interesting to see. The different types of responses to that exchange. Personally, I loved it. You know, I I absolutely loved it. Maybe I'm a little biased. We work on the media side, but it was very cool to see like Trey get taken aback by a hard line of questioning about a pretty, it's a serious story. Like you get in an argument about your with your coach and you decide not to show up to the game. Yeah. At all? When you're Trey Young, the, the face of the franchise? I mean, that that's a huge story. Well, to in fairness to him, in fairness to him, when uh, I, I felt like the Amick story um framed it as Nate McMillan saying, if you're not gonna do this and you're not gonna do that, then don't even show up. And McMillan came out and said that he never said don't show up. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one part McMillan responded to publicly, regardless of the fine details. Yeah, of all the reporting and what Trey wants to keep private, regardless of all of that, for them to come out flat the way they did and lose to Oklahoma City at home. Yep, kind of an embarrassment after this entire year that they've had with John Collins constantly in the trade room recycle still. Bogdanovich out back in recently. Young and Murray trying to get to get you know get it together, work together. Hunter out. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like this has been Herder killing it in sack. Yeah, this, despite Atlanta being over five hundred, they don't 
they don't feel like a team that ha- has any chance of taking a step forward right now without a move. But, uh, but ultimately, though, I think more than anything else, Trey Young, I like Trey. They got DeJounte Murray hoping that he'd buy in more often, moving off ball, cutting, playing harder on defense. That has not happened. So unless well, Trey starts doing that at some point, I don't think this team is ever going to be able to reach its ceiling. Trey is not Steph. Like when I talk about him cutting, moving off ball, coming off screens, but like going back to Oklahoma, we've talked about this before. He's good. He just doesn't do it. Leadership he, he, wise, he ain't Steph is the big thing. Well, I've that too, of course. And Steph's also a great defender. Trey is not. Well, and here's the thing, Kev, for, for people that have been listening to us for a long time, we've been on this podcast for seven years, and I think at least once or twice a season, I end up talking about years ago covering Hubie Brown and him talking about you've got to have your best player on your side. When you are the coach, you have got to have your best player on your side. And you could go through virtually every situation where a coach was gone at the end of a year, and I can ask you the question, do you think he had his best player on his side? And whether that is, you know, some people thought James Borrego you know, did a did a fine job in, in Charlotte, but he was gone. Uh, he was gone from uh, Charlotte. And some people thought, certainly Kenny Atkinson, they thought he did a good job in Brooklyn. Those guys came in. He didn't have them. Same thing just went with Steve Nash. He didn't have the best player on his side. And it's like, here we are again, and this is going to be the last two because clearly McMillan doesn't is not in lockstep with his best player, right? And the question is going to be like, okay, how do you go forward from here? Do you just keep trying coaches until you find one that, Trey can be in lockstep with, or is this going to be a thing where it's going to be very difficult for him to be, you know, on the same page? Because this is, this is, they had a tremendous amount of success together a couple of years ago by getting to the Easter Conference Finals, and it looked like McMillan was very good for Trey and the Hawks at large after they had uh, run off uh, Lloyd Pierce. And so that's, I think, one of, one of the overwhelming sentiments that I feel about this particular story is here is another case of do you see the alignment between the best players or best player on a team and their head coach? And I think we could say without question that is not true in Atlanta. And it's troubling. One of the interesting things along the lines of what you're saying, Chris, Sam Amick went on uh, Real Ones with Logan and Raja on Monday and and he said something about how if you pulled the players, right, whose side are you on, Trey Young or Nate McMillan? He said that they'd be on McMillan's side, the players. So McMillan might not have the support of Trey Young, mm-hmm. but he might have the support of the locker room. And that if that's the case, right, you know. You know, what he said was like, it's a, uh, like, this is a symptom or a microcosm of some of the bigger issues that the Hawks mm. are having right now. Like, this, this might be bigger than, this might be a, a star player problem, not just a coaching problem, where like the, the Trey might be losing the locker room. And I wonder how much of that is DeJounte Murray coming in and him being this guy who hustles, who grinds on defense who plays selflessly on offense, whether he's getting heavy touches or not. I I wonder how much of that's a factor here with what's going on with Trey. Being Um, a great teammate. Yes. Great teammate. Exactly. Leading by example and with your actions, the choices you make. Yeah, that's fascinating. That's fascinating. So so I I wonder, like, could this be a Trey? Is this really a Trey story and not a, is, you know, McMillan going to be fired midway through? Like, this could actually be a, What's going on with Trey? How will he grow from this? And if he doesn't, what do the Hawks do about it type of situation? It could be that. Because it's not even your typical, like, star player, Kev. He's the face of that franchise. Yeah. And when your face of the franchise is having these kind of, I'm not showing up to a game because I got into a tiff with the coach. It's baby behavior. Yeah, for sure. 
I mean, it, it, like like Dejounte seems like kind of the more the leader right now. Yeah, but I don't know. That, that that's that's just something on my mind after listening to that podcast. And and, and you know, may, maybe Trey's right. This is all a much bigger deal. Like you're making it out to be a bigger deal than it actually is. Maybe that maybe that's the case. But th- we've had a long enough track record of some of this type of stuff that I I, I tend to side if I'm, if I'm picking sides. I think the reporting from Sharania and Amick probably is a lot closer to the truth than what Trey Young is willing to talk about publicly. Let me tell you something, Kev. If it weren't a big deal, it wouldn't have leaked. Somebody wanted that. Yep, you're right. People wanted people to know that. Atlanta's leaking like crazy. Yeah! Collins is available. We like Kuzma. This Trey Young stuff happening. They want it to leak. Because it's you know it's the same reason why I know about like Trey Young the desire to have him play off ball more often. It's like all this stuff leaks out from somewhere, whether it's directly from Atlanta or whether it's from other sources who inside the league who hear it from Atlanta. Regardless of where it's from when the reporter it hits the reporter, it's all leaking because they want it out there. Well, and here's hey, you want me to put on some real tin foil? That's why they didn't even prepare him for those questions that he was going to be getting. They want the pressure on him. They, they want him to learn through this and get better from it because they know mm-hmm. if he doesn't get better from it, it's going to fail and it's mm-hmm. going to result in them having to make a choice that they don't want to make because it should be better than it is. Because they either... Between Trey, yeah. Trey and Murray. It should they, be better. They either didn't help him public relations-wise or he didn't listen to them when it came to how can I make this go away? How can I diffuse this? Right? Yeah, you know, because you come up with a reason as to why you weren't at the game, other than it's private and it's a shame that it became public. And basically, I can go read the article and find out why you weren't at the game. Like you should, as as a face of a franchise, you should. It, again, even if it's cockamamie, just give me it, what was the reason? Why were you not there? We all read what the report is. Is the reason you weren't there? Well, what do you say? Why aren't you there on the bench? John Collins is there in a booth. Why aren't you there if it's not what we think it is? And he just, he was not ready. And then Mm. the team came out and, you know, played pretty poorly and took a home loss to Oklahoma City, which is a team that certainly you're expecting to be able to beat at this stage of your development with the Atlanta Hawks. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. USAA is insurance that could lead the league in assist. That's because bundling auto with home or renter's insurance saves you money. USAA understands the needs of our military, veterans, and their eligible family members. And they've got great rates and insurance options to meet them. See how much you can save. Tap the banner to learn more and get a quote at usaa.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. Let me tell you a guy that is in line with this coach. Anthony Davis. Oh, yeah. My God. They love him. Look, I, I really liked this hire in L.A. I worried about the situation just for... Darvin Ham, that, you know, being a first-time coach, taking that over. But I've covered guys from this Popovich, Budenholzer line of guys. And, you know, many times over the years we've brought up that that Budenholzer staff that was in Atlanta has netted some fantastic coaches that have had a lot of success, whether that was Quinn Snyder, whether that was Kenny Atkinson, whether that was Taylor Jenkins now in Memphis, and Darvin was the last guy that had not gotten a head job yet, though he had interviewed for many, and he was still with Bud, and Darvin Ham obviously has 
for all the problems with the Lakers early in the season, he's got those guys playing and he's got his best players playing better than they ever have before. And you can easily say like, oh, well, this is just about Anthony Davis and the fact that he's finally healthy. And sure, there's a portion of it where, and he's even said, where he's healthy. But he is being put in positions to succeed on a regular basis. And beyond that, he is playing with a level of intensity that we just have not seen in a long, long time. There was the one where he missed that first shot against the Wizards this weekend. Oh, the, 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 dunk, the dunk over both of them. Oh, my God. He's trying to rip the basket off the stanchion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, who is this guy? Like the damn Incredible Hulk. He's swinging on the rim, and he's like, ah! And I'm like, wait, what? My theory is he's a loyal listener of the Bill Simmons podcast, and he heard me, <laughs> me and Bill talking a couple of weeks ago about how he's not the same, the Lakers should explore trades, and he's like, Bill got me heated. <laughs> 55, 55 points, 20, 22 of 30 from the field. He's got 99 in his last two games because he had 44 versus the Bucks, And over the last 10 games, the Lakers are 8-2. and two. He is 34 points, 15 rebounds, 63% from the field. Like, we got to really recalibrate, Kevin. If this is even a large percentage of what we're going to see out of Anthony Davis, then you've got one of the best players in the league. And when you've got one of the best players in the league, you've got a chance to be a contender. Yeah. End of story. Well, they got two of the best players in the league because they also right. have LeBron James. Correct. <laughs> I mean, the, the the way they've kind of uh, pivoted to run the run more of the show through AD, it's not like they're doing it where he's – like so many of those baskets in that 55-point game weren't, you know, self-created. He wasn't like running pick and roll. It's not like he, he brought the ball up the court sometimes, but most of the shots he hit – or the free throws that he drew were as a result of the actions of others. Cuts to the rim, you know, dump-off passes, transition sprints, you know, screen and rolls. Like, so much of it was created by others, and he was the finisher. And that's what he does at such an elite level. They've, they, they're running through him in the sense that they're creating more chances with the intentions of getting him opportunities to finish near the basket. And, and it, it's cool to see them do that because I think we're seeing when you have LeBron James, that's what he can still do at an elite level. When you have Russell Westbrook, he can still pass the ball. He can still create for you. And so I think they're playing to the strengths of their players and obviously to the great strengths of AD as a finisher near the basket. And having Schroeder back helps as well. Another guard who can create, he had eight assists in that game, uh, several of them to AD. So I think like so there's, they've surrounded AD with all of these creators to give him opportunities to finish. And their offense just seems like it's running so much more smoothly doing that rather than some of the, the mid-range three-point attempts by LeBron. It feels like it's just working better now. How sustainable is it? Can AD stay healthy? Obviously, these are big questions. He's being treated as the best player on the team. Yeah, exactly. They're giving him all those opportunities to score. Look at these field goal attempts, Kev. 27 and 30 in the last two games. Who do you see taking 27 and 30 field goals? Yeah, they're treating games. him like a basketball <laughs> god right now, right? <laughs> like getting, I mean? They're getting that many shots per game. It's nuts. And it's deserved. Oh, yeah. He makes them. That win they had against the Bucks. I mean, I know, I know we, we mentioned the 55-point game by, against Washington, but him, when he had 44 against the Bucks and played awesome defense the whole game, I mean, I know Bucks score 129, and I don't really care. 80 individually contained Giannis on so many occasions, created transition opportunities. He's looking like a DPOI candidate if the Lakers can get good, as well as, you know, another all-NBA season for him. It's just a matter of staying healthy. That's it. And that, that's the fear for the Lakers. If they if they make a bet on LeBron and AD by trading away whatever it is, whether it's Beverly or Nunn or Russ or all of the above, like that's a bet on Anthony Davis staying healthy. That, that's, a, that's a big bet to make. 
But doesn't it feel like they're nearing the point where you kind of have to make that bet, Chris, with the of level course. that he's playing at, right? Of course you got to make that bet. Yeah. I mean, look, this guy's averaging, as I mentioned, over the course of the last 10, 34 and 15. But for the season, he's averaging 29-13, almost three assists a game, 59% from the field, 33% from three. Like, he's playing the best basketball of his life. You know, and I think we have, because of all the injuries and everything, we have all sight to. He's not old. Not old. No. He's not even 30 yet. I know. This guy's in his 20s. It feels like he's old because yeah. of all the injuries and because he's been around for a long time because he only played the one year at Kentucky. But this isn't an old player. You know, he's actually not far off from the same age of many of the great players in the league. It just doesn't feel that way. He feels older. But he has been unbelievable. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. Bottom line is the way he's performed these last couple of weeks, the Lakers have two top 10 guys right now. Mm-hmm. Right? At this particular moment. Yep. I mean, we'll oh, see yeah. how sustainable it is. But at this particular moment, the Lakers have two top 10 guys. Yep. And it's on that front office, assuming this sustains until it's trade season, December 15th at the earliest, more likely middle of January, early February. If this sustains and the Lakers keep winning games throughout this tough stretch and they're above 500 and they're in the play-in, within, within striking distance of a top six seed, the West right now... There, there's no like we just saw the Warriors lose to the the Pacers. The Suns right now are top of the conference, but they're without guys. We don't know what the health of Chris Paul is going to be like. The West is wide open, wide open, wide open. So the the Lakers right now they're they're the thirteen in the standings in the West, but they're only two games back from the six seed. Like it's so flat right now. Like they they they're, they're still in it, and based upon recent performance. When you can go to Milwaukee and beat them. What a win, yeah. Then you can beat anybody. Yep. That's as good a win as you can get at Milwaukee. Like, all right, then what's the bar? <laughs> I mean, like, if you can win that game. It's not like, the, you know, okay, if you if we wanted to just say, oh, yeah, they beat the Wizards. Like, that, that Milwaukee thing is one to perk up about. Yeah. It, it's just like nobody, like in the East, Boston and Milwaukee are separating themselves, I feel. I don't think that's happened in the West yet. Not at all. And uh, look, one thing I do have to mention of, of a game, uh, I, we're not going to get the depth into the game. It's a good win for the Mavs in what has been a rather frustrating season for the Mavs and their fans. Uh, it was a good win against the Suns last night. I got to tell you, Kevin, this doesn't happen very often where I'm like looking through box scores and I went and checked three different box scores that were posted on different sites to make sure that this was right. So about a week ago, <laughs> we talked about on the mismatch how I was going to drive down to South Haven, Mississippi, and I was going to see Jaden Hardy, who yeah, was yeah. leading the G League in points per game at 29 points per game. He's just mm-hmm. killing the G League. And if you go look at the Mavs Phoenix box score last night, <laughs> yeah. it says Jaden Harden... <laughs> Two minutes, four for five for the field, 10 points. I was like, there's no way. I was like, that can't be right. That's got to be a misprint. There's no way the dude played two minutes and had 10 points. And five shots. (laughs) And sure enough, every box score I checked, like that happened. The guy had 10 points in two minutes. He was on some, you know, uh, Tracy McGrady-ish. No, I mean that's a that's a heater now. You could if you get that it reminds me of you remember how like you used to always if you ever did like the per minute thing, like the per forty eight. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. And you would go and you would pull up Bobon and it'd be like forty six points and twenty eight rebounds <laughs> per forty eight minutes or whatever. Like if Bobon <laughs> like if you extrapolated his rebounds and points into per 36s, the guys like damn Wilt Chamberlain. And as we know, if he would have played 36, he's obviously like he's a, he's a 10, 8 to 12-minute guy. <laughs> but the Hardy thing, he's got to have the best. I, we got to go look at this. I, I, I wish I would have done this before the show. I got to go look up his. I got gotcha. you. What is his per 36 right now after scoring 10 points in two minutes? Well, 
including the whole season, it's a little lower because oh no, you know, so he's gotten he's gotten enough he's gotten enough minutes yeah, that, per, that didn't per thirty six. He's at twenty eight points per game. <laughs> I mean, he's he's in the top ten, twelve in the league in scoring. Yeah, if we if we do just <laughs> the the last two games. Per 36, last two games, per 36, he's averaging 60 points. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Jaden Hardy, shout out for your 10 points in two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> that's tough to do. Yeah, that tough. is tough to do. He's a I bucket. Was like, yeah. I was like, surely he played 12 minutes and this box score is just screwy. And then I went and checked another site. And then I went and checked another site. And I was like, no way. And so I was having to check all that stuff last night after I got back. Because I went to Grizzlies Heat, and I don't have a ton of thoughts. The Grizzlies sat everybody and still beat them. Uh, obviously, not very impressed. Well, I mean, there the you go. I mean, so what, what does that say about Miami? Oh, I know. It, look, and, and Tyus Jones had a career high in yeah. uh, points, which who, was, who was uh, defending? 28. Was it, I, I didn't watch that game last night. Was it Lowry, Hero? Who, who, who is Jones scoring against? If I say nobody, does that count? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it's Tyus Jones coming off a screen, knocking down floaters. Yeah. It's Tyus Jones knocking down threes and them losing track of him, right? Like, I mean, Tyus was great last night, but the, I think, this is my opinion from watching them. I think the Heat are, they need more size. They're they're too little. So what does that say about Bam? Bam is, you know. They, they, it's all deep. on him. It's literally yeah. all on him. So who so who do you surround him with? He's not a shooter. Bam, yeah, no. Bam Adebayo's not a shooter. So you got to find like a, a Chris Tapps Porzingis type who can protect the rim with size and right. space the floor. That's hard. Yeah. Miles Turner, not easy Miles to find. Turner, yeah, Turner, perfect, perfect. Is, fit. is that a guy? Yeah, it'd be a perfect fit. They huh. just need more size. Their yeah. other size is terrible. Dwayne Dedman had like four fouls in like two minutes. It's ridiculous. They don't have anything else. Like it's really all on Bam. Steven Adams, that he was he problematic with his size in the I game mean, last night. Just, just everybody. It's just points in the paint. You know, points in the paint. Yeah. Points in the paint. Points in the paint. And the other thing is that they don't. I think they carry themselves like. And I've seen a lot of these teams over the years. A team that is not all that interested in your night to night regular season wins and thinks they can turn it up when they have to. They'll play hard and, like, really lock in in their biggest games like they did against the Celtics over the weekend. But other than that, you know, you don't know what kind of performance you're going to get out of them. And they don't seem seem very locked into me. They seem like they just kind of go through the motions and figure, all right, last eight minutes of the game, we'll get stops, knock down shots, and We'll be able to come away with a win. And then you can catch them. And they're getting caught on regular occasion doing that. I also think that this is foolhardy, but they're probably a team that thinks, got a lot of playoff experience. We've got Jimmy Buckets. You know, whatever seed we get is fine. Like, we'll play wherever. Do you think there's any any chance that their time has passed, though? I know you've been hesitant to go that far. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly a chance. But I also think that, I think they're a different team when they lock in and, I mean, we saw it against Boston over the weekend. They were locked in for yeah. that game. They were locked in for that game. And so I do think that they're, I think they can be two different teams. They can be this lame-ass team, or they can be the team that, you know, is a bitch and has Jimmy Butler. I mean, Jimmy Butler, but Jimmy Butler took like 11 shots last night. Like, do you think in any big game he's taking 11 shots? Like, never. It's never happening. But I think that that's kind of indicative of that team. They just kind of, you know, they feel like they could turn it on when they have to. Or no, it, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. Like Jimmy Butler in those big games, you know, the the game sixes and the game sevens. He's like he didn't he take twenty nine thirty shots yeah, in, the, yeah, in that dude. in that road win against Boston that game six last year in the East Finals. I mean, like, <laughs> and then and then in the game seven, he took almost 30 shots, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a totally different game. You're you're right. You're 100% right about that, Chris. Totally different game. But I, I, still, I still don't think, I think your point about the lack of size is a good one, though, that, 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 that could hurt them in certain playoff rounds. And Lowry also is not the same guy right now. Mm-mm. No. 
And they're just, just they, they put a lot on Bam. I think their leading rebounder was Hero last night. Mm. I mean, I think that speaks to, you know, and they're playing the team that makes its way in the paint. You know, but the Grizzlies, I mean, there was no John Morant, no Desmond Bain, no Jaron Jackson, no, no, nobody, no Zaire Williams. I mean, they just, they sat everybody and still beat them. Chris Culture. (laughs) (laughs) Is there like a new grit and grind slogan? Um, Is there anything? Not not like that. Not like that. Yeah. Not like Big Memphis is what they always. Okay. Because that's what Jai yelled, uh, I guess, last year. Got to get down uh, to Memphis sometime the this year. You have to. Mm-hmm. You have to. <laughs> um, yeah, they got, in fact, they got a bunch of home games this week. I'll see Oklahoma City tomorrow night. And then I can't remember who I see Friday night. But, I mean, they've got a it's, – it's a bunch of games in a short amount of time, which is why there were guys that were sitting um, last night. Uh, oh, Detroit. Detroit is the other team I see. And then I'll get to, then the next week, they play like Atlanta and Milwaukee. So I'm going to see a bunch of bunch of teams in person over the course of the next like eight days. Um, last thing before we get out of here, what do you make of this Kyle Kuzma rumor? Kuzma's been great for Washington and it kind of got floated out there by Shams. Way about, better than Jay Crowder. Well, on one end, <laughs> the Hawks and the Suns, you like either of those as yeah, options for? You do. I love it. Yeah, I do. I think if you're Kuzma, you'd much rather go to the Suns right now. Yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah, go to Trace Funland in Atlanta. I think I'd rather. <laughs> I think I'd rather go to. I'd rather go to Phoenix. I mean, even even with the suspended owner and the the chaos that they had to endure over the course of the off season, it'd still certainly be a much better landing spot. But the fact that that's out there and the fact that the idea that he's going to command a lot of money in the offseason, and so they would be making a choice. He's been very, very good for Washington. I don't know. It'll be very interesting to see what the Wizards do here because they're starting to lose games a lot. Beal's going to be out a little while now. To me, they're a team stuck in no man's land at the moment, and they should be picking a direction here, and that direction is to be part of the Wemby contenders. That's just me. I don't know if Tommy Shepard and Wizards front office and ownership are going to need Bradley Beal to demand a trade to make that happen. Uh, but like that's that's no the no-brainer path to me, is to move towards a rebuild rather than toil in the middle and accomplish nothing. Um, I mean, as simple as that. Like They get to blow it up. Yeah, it's going to be super interesting to see what happens with the Wizards and uh, Kuzma because I think they've been a little better than we thought they were going to be. All right, Kev, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you to Jesse Lopez, as always, for producing the show. And, Kev, I will talk to you on Friday. Have a good week, everybody. 